You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. (laughs) And it's funny, too, because, like, games didn't, they didn't get updates back then. So it's like, what would you do? What would you do as a community manager? I guess you would just share tips. We got to do a skit that's based on this premise. (laughs) <laughs> like community manager yeah. in 1990. You would just be like, okay, uh, right, right, right. Okay, yes. Take out, take the cartridge out, blow on it, <laughs> and then put it back in. See if that works. Hey everyone, this is Michael, and in this week's episode, I accidentally put the microphone in the wrong place for a little bit. So my voice is going to sound a little weird for about seven minutes, and then we fixed it. So enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 27 of Starfield with Normal People. My name is Michael, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Dwayne. Dwayne, how is it going? It is going so good, Michael. Hello, everyone. And it is a wonderful, bright, sunny day here in Las Vegas, and we are inside recording. That's how dedicated we are. Yeah, that's right. It's a beautiful day out and we are putting ourselves in a tiny room. That's how much we love you. Yeah, we we just love this uh, community mm-hmm. that much. You know, and actually, yes, the, the temperature sort of, uh, I, I was shocked because of how cold it was recently. Right. To see it get up to about 60 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. It was a big swing in temperature. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have to maintain our pasty white uh, complexions as well. So that's, you know, another reason why yeah. why we got to stay indoors. The sun is just scary to me. So I just try to avoid it. I heard they nerfed the weather effects in Starfield. Is that true? I just saw that earlier today. Really? I didn't hear that at all. Yeah. I, apparently they made it a little less uh, punitive, if you will, if, huh. if going to various planets. Oh, are you talking about like atmospheric stuff? Yeah. You're not immediately going to get like frostbitten anymore. Oh, yeah interesting less of that will happen because like some people were complaining that it happens during dialogue and story which you can't really get out of yes <laughs> and then all of a sudden yes. you're talking to somebody outside and all of a sudden you get frostbite <laughs> the whole time they're just talking to you you just see mm-hmm. that little notification frostbite got worse oh no <laughs> okay can we can we wrap this up pretty quick <laughs> it's like getting a uh, broken leg in the middle of dialogue all of a sudden you like snap your leg yeah yeah Well, it is a beautiful day. And I was thinking, you know, right after we record, maybe I'm going to take my kite that is shaped like the frontier and uh, just go out to the park and and fly that. Have the little frontier flying through the sky. Like out of like newspapers and... Yeah. (laughs) Some like paper mache or something. Did you have a 1920s grandma like I did? Because she was always like... Hey, let's let's make a a boat out of newspaper and water and I don't know some other substance that made it sticky. <laughs> she always had like these. Yeah, we definitely home art projects. My grandma and mom, it was always like Depression era crafts. Yes, like you, you could use everything. <laughs> exactly, a lot of popsicle <laughs> sticks. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But real ones, not like fancy ones you buy at the store, like legit used popsicle no, sticks that we had no, saved. That's right. <laughs> That's right. These had to be stained, mm-hmm. 
with the the sugar water that that came on them. I don't want right. to use Johnny's old popsicle stick, Mom. Too bad. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, I remember that. We would we'd be like, yeah, we'd sort of like rinse them and dry them out, and <laughs> then these these are as good as any. Or honestly, I mean, you know, we made kites out of newspaper and like sticks and string. So like, you'd go out and find you know two good sticks, and then you could make a yeah a kite shaped kite. So. Just two good mm-hmm. sticks. That's all you need. <laughs> I wanted to bring up uh, something that was mentioned in a comment that we actually got a comment from Caesar Augustus mm. 8281 okay. on our YouTube channel. He was referencing something that we talked about in episode 24. Mm-hmm. He said, you guys were talking about Aegis. So remember that spy organization for the United Colonies? Yes. He said, you guys were talking about Aegis and I didn't hear you mention Simon Benkowski. So he's a crew member that you can recruit in the viewport on Jemison. Okay. He claims to be a weapon tester for MAST, but later he admits to having been an undercover agent for ages, and his cover got blown on a mission. Oh, the plot thickens. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that we get another tie to this Aegis uh, situation. Yes, indeed. And maybe there are more that we just don't know about. Yeah, there could be more. We can be like that Always Sunny in Philadelphia meme with uh, Charlie and all the Mm -hmm. the yarn and the the conspiracy. (laughs) Right. We have one more section of yarn now. So, yeah, we're adding to our board. Yeah, just just adding it to the board. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that comment, Caesar Augustus. Mm -hmm. Michael, I was watching YouTube and I was watching uh, Angry Joe. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Pretty famous YouTuber. <laughs> Sometimes I like his videos. He's kind of like the the everyman of, of video games. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, he's like the guy next door, the water cooler co-worker that talks about video games. He has a very kind of average right. uh, opinion and, and, and funny skits. Yeah. Some good humor as well. But he reviewed Starfield. I got about 10 minutes into the video and I realized that he was putting Starfield in a place that it could never be. It, it, he had expectations for it that were really unrealistic in my mind. Like he was complaining about kind of like the facial animations and some other uh, quest bugs and stuff like that. But sure. overall, it seemed it seemed kind of minor. And I, I was talking to you earlier and I was like, what is the gold standard for video games? You could you could say it's like Grand Theft Auto Five, right? It's probably the most the biggest selling game yeah. of all time, maybe besides Tetris. But yeah, you can argue that not just from a sales standpoint, but also from a budget standpoint, which right. most games cannot compete with that budget. But sure, they had the team and they have the budget, so it is a very impressive game. Definitely. So we'll say that's our our gold standard. There's a lot of bugs and issues in Grand Theft Auto V, right? Graphic issues, clipping, um, weird things that can happen. You can get stuck in the game. But yeah, is Starfield, does it appeal to the everyman, the, the average gamer? And you actually had said you don't think it does. Like, I think Bethesda designed well, it to be for yeah. everyone, but... And we've said this in our podcast a few times where you kind of like having a background in Bethesda games, 
means you kind of understand how Bethesda games work and some of like the nuances of the quirks, some of the quirks and nuances of the game. Yeah, the quirks and the nuances that we already know about from having played Bethesda games. But now new players are are kind of experiencing those and not knowing what to make of them. To, to answer what you're talking about, I it, it's interesting because my first answer, yes, what I, I was saying that maybe it's not for that that Starfield is not for the average gamer. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking about it. It is and it's not. And the reason I say that is because number one, everything you said is valid to the point where most of my friends, if they haven't played a Bethesda game, it takes a a bit to figure it out and like mm-hmm. understand you're not supposed to pick up everything and keep everything. I was going to say, should we do a sidebar on what are these kind of Bethesda things that we're talking about? The fact that there are a million things you can pick up, but you don't need to pick up all those things, right? Yeah, there's also like quests and activities. You hear somebody talk and it goes into this huge list and not everyone is used to having a list of like 70 things that you can go do mm-hmm. or you can ignore everything. So that is, that's got to be very different to most players. Right. Yeah. So an- another thing that is kind of very Bethesda is the overall tone of the game. Things like how NPCs interact with you, the, the literal camera, how it acts in the game has that Bethesda feel. So like that first person view, when you go to talk to an NPC, sometimes the NPC doing weird things, how they move about in the world, that feels very similar to things that happened in Skyrim yeah, and things that happened in, in Fallout. It's been building on the creation engine up till now, so it still has a lot of the same bones in terms of how the game is built and how everything interacts within the game worlds. Yeah, and... There are those quirks, and yet the reason I almost want to go back on what I said about it not being for the average gamer is one thing that everyone needs to remember is the internet is not real life. Mm. And what I mean by that is that all the discourse and like the angry discourse and stuff, that is just the internet people. There's a lot of people that play games that enjoy these types of things that are not going online to complain about it. Right. They just, they'll just try the game. Honestly, the average gamer is trying games out and whether they like it or not, they're just moving on to another game. They're not, they're not going online trying to make sure everyone agrees with them. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) that's funny. I saw a meme uh, about Starfield and, it was like the 80s computer kid with a thumbs up, you know? The first frame is like, doesn't like Starfield. The second frame is, joins every Facebook group to complain about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? I think like, I saw Oliver share that on, on our uh, Discord. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probably where I saw it. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was like, oh, I, I don't like this game. I better go join the community. Yeah, that's like, what it was. What? Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell everybody about it, about how I hate it. Yeah. One of my favorite comments that I see when someone goes on Reddit and they're like, I think I'm done playing this game. I tried it for this long and blah. It's not what I wanted. And uh, one of my favorite 
responses to that is um, this is not an airport. You do not have to announce your departures. Yeah, I wonder what it is about humans that they feel the need to to want to make a departure announcement. It's validation. It's, is it? It's it, partially. I, I think there's some validation. Um, there's also just good old-fashioned trolling, internet trolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't understand when... Like we'll we'll get comments on our YouTube channel that's just like, uh, someone wrote, uh, uh, the fact that you need to spend all this time trying to defend the game, which is funny because that's not what our podcast is at all. Like we we generally are just talking about things in the game that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I I just respond, oh thanks for listening, like <laughs> right, <laughs> thanks for being here. People need to be right about things. You. It, it's pretty wild because there's that fight about like pineapple on pizza. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just for fun. It's just fun to like pick sides on the internet and, and you know, have that battle. It's not serious. But then some people do take things very seriously. And, and whether or not you like a game is like whether or not you like pizza. It, you right. know, it, you either like it or you don't. Like, why are you trying to convince people... To, to your side of liking something or not. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of it is validation. Like, oh, now I feel better about not liking this because there's someone else on this planet that also feels the same way as I do. Mm-hmm. I was looking for that one other person to chime in and validate me. Well, you you had said you thought it was for, not for everybody, but then you were saying maybe it is for everybody. It's just the people that we don't ever hear about make up the vast majority of people playing the game. It's just average people out there in in the world that are playing a single player game. They don't feel the need to, to go online and say anything, whether good or good or bad about it. Yeah. And they just live, live their life and we never hear about it. Well, that's why like when I'm going to go to eat at a restaurant, I do like to check the reviews. I think that there is some value there. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's always tricky is most people are going to leave a review when something went wrong or if there was something they didn't like. Mm -hmm. And so many restaurants, I'll go eat. And then if I enjoy the meal, I just enjoy it. And I just think, oh, I'll have to go back there in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I never think to open up Yelp and give my thoughts on something that I liked, which is too bad. Like maybe we should do that more, but it's like, who has the time? And it's also, it's not my responsibility. Right. But man, something goes wrong. Order tastes bad. And it's just like, people need to know about this. Mm-hmm. People need to know that I had a negative experience. I have left a couple positive reviews. I've left a negative review as well. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, if, if a place is terrible, like mm-hmm. where they're actually actively doing things poorly, yeah, they deserve that bad review. It's just that some places need the good reviews. Like, they mm-hmm. deserve the good reviews. If you play a game or something, like... If it should just register you at like five stars, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe, or or maybe like three, three out of five, right? And then mm. it's just the average. And then if you decide to go on and make it more, make it less. But I don't know. I don't know what the. <laughs> 
I, I'm proud. That's, that's probably the wrong way to go. If we knew anything about statistics, it's probably already happening. The people that want to leave a good review, leave a good review. And the people that want to leave a negative review, do so. And then it, everything comes out in the wash mm -hmm. in terms of the overall review. Um, maybe. I don't know. You know, you said something about GTA being the gold standard. Um, and it's like... And, and I agree to, to for the points that we we brought up, and it's like every single big game, like every huge game out there is going to have major glitches. Mm -hmm. So in Red Dead Redemption, I remember the the horrifying donkey woman glitch. Like it was a woman that the game accidentally took the the skin of that character <laughs> wow. and put it on like the donkey skeleton mm -hmm. so it was just like this you know the game just messed up it normally wouldn't be a big deal except this woman was like running around like the front half of a donkey and uh <laughs> it just ended up looking really like creepy and and scary yeah that is super freaky yeah <laughs> it was freaky and and but that's just something that happens with big games mm -hmm. don't get me wrong starfield has a few things like the form ID glitch I think is the biggest one that is very frustrating and I and I get it like what is the form ID glitch in layman's terms I think it's related to where ships will start landing and they don't open mm -hmm. it blocks progression on certain missions that need those ships to come down and open up and in addition to that, it just makes the game not fun. If you like stealing ships, well, you can't do it anymore. Right. And it happens after like a certain amount of ships. Uh, I believe it's when they're landing, and mm -hmm. you if if you see a ship landing and then you you fast travel out of there, mm -hmm. apparently that gets added to a list. And when you hit like twenty five of those in your game, ships will stop opening up. And so hmm. that. I believe is part of the form ID glitch. Did you ever get yours resolved? Cause you had that glitch, right? Well, yes I did. And unfortunately, and that, that, that actually perfectly brings me to the, my point is that in a past episode, I said, you don't have to do new game plus if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. And somebody pointed out to me on the comments and they are very correct that, well, if you get the form ID bug, you kind of do. You kind of have to do mm. New Game Plus to reset your game and keep going. Mm -hmm. uh, and so my point being that this type of a bug is game-breaking and it is unfortunate and it's very frustrating. So even people that love the game, you can love the game and get very frustrated with this bug. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that sounds like it's a bug that they're aware of and also will patch hopefully soon once they figure out how to, the best way to do it. They are working on it. Mm -hmm. They're working on it. But outside of game breaking stuff like that, I just, I don't know where people are coming from that they just, any tiny little bug, like the non-game breaking ones, mm -hmm. they point to them and be like, see that's crazy like that's terrible terrible game and it's like what <laughs> like where have you been every big game has these glitches and bugs like it's just mm -hmm. um it, like gta is supremely put together it is a very well-made game gta 5 and then i'm i'm sure gta 6 as well uh will be mm -hmm. but at, at the same time it's like 
dude, GTA, as soon as you drive through a part of the city, it's, it's reset. It, you're not going to drop something on the ground and come back later and it's still going to be there. Right. Whereas in Starfield and Bethesda games, it is. Stuff so, can persist. Yeah, which complicates yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I remember Skyrim on the 360, it would get to a point where you just couldn't enter certain cities anymore. And, uh, and that was just like, oh, now I got to start the game over. Mm-hmm. And so, hey, at least now, like, if you want, you can do New Game Plus and start the game over with all your, your levels and everything. Um, yeah. I mean, that is a huge bonus, being able to at least take your character through, if not the ships and money and everything else. I mean, those you can't, but the skills, right? which is huge. That actually reminds me, this is something I've been wanting to talk to our audience about for a while now. I've had some good conversations with people about not wanting to do New Game Plus because they've built some beautiful ships and they've got their outposts. And they've got their their money and their you know weapon drops, legendaries, mm-hmm. and they they talk about not wanting to lose those things. And so yes, outside of game breaking bugs, you don't have to do new game plus. You could just stay in that world. Mm-hmm. I had an experience, a gaming experience, many years ago, mm. that kind of changed my entire perspective on gaming and then also about life in a, in a weird way. Mm. The princess was in another castle. The prince, right? yeah, that the prince. Fundamentally changed yeah. your life. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, it just, I'm a different man now. My experience actually happened in Minecraft. So I was never a big PC gamer and Minecraft had finally come out for Xbox and my wife and I actually played tons of it so we would just once we kind of got hooked on it we would just play co-op we'd be on the same screen split screen Mm -hmm. we actually found some gamer friends of ours it was another couple and we just would invite them into our world and we would just build and craft and play right and mine mine craft Mm -hmm. we were we were building this kind of like little community okay and my wife had actually built this really kind of beautiful Japanese temple. Mm. And it was built out of wood and to do like the ceiling, she actually used like wool blocks. The problem with wool blocks is that if if this building, like it was very tall, if it gets struck by lightning, it's gonna catch fire mm. and the whole thing will burn. Mm-hmm. Once we kind of realized this, I, I started worrying about it. <laughs> like I was really, like she had, built this thing. It was, it was beautiful. And we played in this world all the time. It's keeping you up at night. It wasn't keeping me up at night, but it was having me like go on to forums. And I was asking people, you know, people that knew Minecraft better than I, I said, uh, you know, is there any way to protect this? You know, how can I, uh, which it's funny because years later, now they have the lightning rod. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it back then. <laughs> I asked, how do I protect this building from getting hit by lightning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people were saying, well, you can replace the block, you know, the white blocks with, um, stone, a white stone. Yeah. Something that doesn't catch fire, but it wouldn't look as good and it wouldn't be wood. Mm-hmm. There was a remark in that forum that this is what changed me. 
they said something like, you can do this, 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 or you can just go true Buddhist is what, what they said. And who knows if they're using that correctly. Mm-hmm. But they said, you can just not care if it goes away. Right. At the time, I was like, well, but I do care. That's why I'm asking. But then it's so funny because I fast forward years later. Nothing ever happened to that building. We stopped playing Minecraft. We don't play it anymore. Like, mm-hmm. well, actually, my, my wife plays with the kids. It, it, it so does not matter anymore. But at right. the time, we were obsessed with that world. We were obsessed with the game. And we just, I didn't want anything to happen to it. It just... It changed me so much that even now, when people talk about games getting delisted, mm-hmm. this is going to be a bit con- a, be a bit controversial. So, if you're listening to this, please hear me because I do think games getting delisted is. What do you mean by that? What's delisted? A lot of people have a problem with games being all digital because. If the game gets delisted, you can't get it anymore. You you can't download it. You can't buy mm. it. Mm-hmm. And there are, are people that they'll they'll use this as an argument for disc games. Right. Or you got to go on a Russian website and download a copy of <laughs> yeah. whatever game you're looking for that also includes 500 viruses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people use this as an anti-digital games argument. Mm-hmm. Because yes, they a game can just the publisher can just take it down and it doesn't exist anymore. Like mm-hmm. you can't get it. I want to be very clear that I do agree that we should be doing more to preserve games and not let them get delisted. Hmm. However, mm-hmm. I am only talking from a personal standpoint in that I don't get anxious about these things anymore because if a game mm. gets delisted, again, make sure you're hearing me because I said, I already said that shouldn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm saying from a personal standpoint, I just say, well, if I played the game, I have that experience. I've got it in my brain and in my heart. I experienced that game in the past. I don't need it anymore because i have the memories mm-hmm. how many times dude there's been so many times that i've like rebought a, an old game that i'm nostalgic about yes and i play it for like five minutes mm-hmm. and then never again because i'm like i already played this <laughs> right i played it a long time ago it happens to all of us it's not as good as i remember <laughs> yeah absolutely you're right it's like you need to let go and love those past experiences for what they were when they were and live in the present if a game gets delisted, you played it. You enjoyed it for that time. Yeah. If the temple catches fire, gets struck by lightning, so be it, Jedi. Yeah, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how I am with game saves. I I had been playing Fallout 4 for quite a while, and mm. I kept bouncing between my, my two Xboxes and... And something bad happened where it just decided not to download and it saved over it and 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 then it was gone. Yeah, got digitally nuked. Yeah, you know what? Oh, well, I was bummed a little bit, but I was like, yeah, whatever. It's not like I wasn't going to start a new character in three months anyway, mm-hmm. you know. And this relates to Starfield in terms of, hey, 
a, a game breaking bug. You don't want to, if you can fix it by going through NG plus, just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Just let go of all your just let go spaceships and all your credits and your outposts and who cares? Yeah. <laughs> just do it again. Yeah. Just build another one. I think about all these outposts that I built, not not in Starfield, mm. but in No Man's Sky. And at the time when I was playing No Man's Sky, these outposts were very important to me. I wanted to preserve them. Mm. And now I'm not playing No Man's Sky. And do you know how much I think about those outposts? Not at all. Really? Yeah, I think it's important to learn to let go of things because, and if you don't want to let go of it, then stay in that world. And I hope they fix the form ID bug because that's, that is a big problem. I feel like that's probably the number one game breaking bug at this point. So yeah. I'd be really surprised if that doesn't get smashed within the next two months. Yeah, I would say, yep, I was going to guess three, but yeah, two or three months, something mm -hmm. like that. They've they've acknowledged it. They're working on it. Yeah. This argument also, and this is just me ranting about the whole physical versus digital. I, th I find it really funny when people bring up physical games as a way to, like, it's better, it, it'll last longer than digital. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, but digital, they can take it down. I'm like, dude, have you ever left a CD or a DVD or a game in a hot car yeah. in the summer? Because that disc, just the heat will warp it and it will never play again. Right. Um, or you just scratch it, it, it or lose it or... You, you scratch it. Yeah, they get scratched. Like, think about how many people have CD-ROMs on their computer now. Yeah. People stop putting CD-ROMs on, like... 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of physical media games from all the way back to King's Quest, which is going way back on floppy disks. Yeah. All the way up to probably 2010. And then nothing after that. It just kind of stopped. Everything's digital now. In my head, I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to have the physical copy of the game. But then you got to store it and it just takes up space and you never actually need it. And the Computer technology changes so quickly. Half the time, you can't even install old games anyway. Yeah. Like on a PC. Yeah. The OS is different or, you know, it just... It's just not, yeah, it's not compatible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I like your philosophy. Like, I have no problem with, di with uh, physical games. I prefer digital. I think ever since Xbox One, I've just been mostly buying digital. Mm -hmm. But... So I don't, I don't have a problem with physical. I just think it's funny when, you know, people act like it's the end-all be-all of preservation. And it's like, dude, didn't you watch The Dark Knight? Joker said everything burns, man. Like, it, mm -hmm. everything goes away. Like, it's just, it's just a fact of, of life. And, and, man, those old diskettes, don't let them get too close to a magnet. Yep. Because maybe that'll erase the game. Goodbye, Data. You're right. Like nostalgia is a attempting mistress, but the reality is it's just painting over uh, old things to make them look good again. Yeah. It's never as good as the first time you're chasing a, a dream or a memory that you can never live up to the second time. Yeah. It's kind of like how we, we remember games as having better graphics than they did because mm -hmm. at the time, the graphics were amazing. 
and you and then you'll look at something from like 20 years ago uh, today and it's like oof like dip, you know depending on what type of game it was mm-hmm. but definitely the the first 3D games it was it was pretty rough oh yeah yeah and i think that's one of the reasons i was kind of like scoffing a little bit at angry joe was because he's like these faces aren't much better than mass effect right <laughs> well no, they're they're much better. They're much more. There's many more polygons. There's much more movement. Yeah, but yeah. there was some weird things happening with their eyes. So yeah. I'm not sure when he did the video. If he did it pre-patch or after the kind of the face patch, yeah. but yeah. This is not a statement on Angry Joe from like because I haven't watched the video, but I can tell when people are just parroting uh, certain things that that people have said because they're just like. Uh, facial animations aren't great are terrible and it's like mm-hmm. no i think i think the word you're looking for is not perfect right because nothing is perfect but they're really good have you seen facial animations in grand theft auto 5 they suck yeah <laughs> like, like dialogue is very very rudimentary in those games now it looks silly because it's been several years well, Dwayne, somebody mm-hmm. on the Starfield subreddit actually found a pretty great Office Space reference. Ooh, okay. And I'm actually shocked they discovered it because it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to spot. Mm. So wait, is it an actual reference or is it like, oh, this is kind of reminds me of Office Space reference? It's definitely an actual reference mm. because it is a number that is... Exact. And here's what, all this is very cryptic, and I'm going to explain. So Carl Weezer uh, went into the Athena Tower, and this is in Jemison. So in the Athena Tower, there is, uh, there's an apartment. I believe this apartment actually features in a storyline, so I don't want to spoil anything. But in this apartment, they went into uh they went into one of the computers and they found it's uh an entry that says program update they say the program status is paused and it's basically it is a virus that is targeting an atm in new atlantis now Mm -hmm. If anyone remembers the movie Office Space, they actually wrote a program, right? Part of the plot is that they write a program to just take a little bit, like a a fraction of a penny Mm -hmm. from the company, but just over time it would add up. (laughs) Right. Well, the reason that this is guaranteed to be an Office Space reference is because it shows that the slicing value is 0.001 credits per transaction Mm -hmm. and that the total value currently is 305,326 and 13.13 credits, Mm -hmm. which they actually, this user, Carl Weezer, say it ain't so, put in the, the scene from the movie where that was the amount that they had accidentally taken from the company the the day after that they enabled this program. It's a very funny scene from the movie where they it was supposed to only have gone up a fraction of a, you know, a few fractions of a penny. Right. Well, they were expecting like a couple thousand dollars and it ended up being 300 grand. And they're like, oh, crap, yeah. like this is going to get noticed. 
we're going to go to jail. So yeah. Yeah. I love Office Space. I do too. That's a great reference. It actually reminds me of a user found a planet that looks exactly like the Windows XP Rolling Hills desktop. <laughs> did you see this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that. It's pretty funny. It really does look like those rolling hills. It's just these rolling hills with the blue sky and the clouds. Yeah, a Starfield player named Beats by Dad 911 uh, managed to discover an uncanny resemblance between the Windows XP wallpaper and the arid planet of Kamasi 6. Mm. There you go. If you want to see the uh, Windows... Uh, desktop for XP. You remember Windows XP? That was a couple generations ago. Yeah. Then you can head to that planet and check it out. But I've seen that image. and I've seen the Windows XP image in a lot of memes as well. So it's it's mm -hmm. kind of living on through, through memes. Mm -hmm. This planet is interesting too because it's so, uh, there's no trees or anything. It's so like, almost like just so plain with its grasslands mm -hmm. that it, it kind of reminds me of like the old school no man's sky like before it mm. got tons of updates right i don't know i feel like i almost feel nostalgic for like old gaming worlds when i when i look at these images so yeah i'll probably uh pop down there and put a put an outpost there sure I think. why not here's another story i found about a ship and what happens to the passengers when it lands on water? I didn't even know that was possible, Michael, but apparently... Landing on water? Yeah, apparently when you, uh, or when a ship lands on the water, passengers of the ship start swimming despite being seated in their chairs. <laughs> and the game treats them like they're submerged in water despite there not being any water in the ship. Oh, man, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I, like, water is such a rare thing in the in the areas that you can you know land and explore like mm -hmm. we do find them especially like in swamps and actually some people will find rivers right. but it's so rare that yeah I, I can see where a ship might accidentally pick a landing spot the game knows it can't land in the ocean but there's lakes and other bodies of water where it probably can land where it's shallow so it yeah. can't differentiate between land and and actual water i found uh, on a planet that was mostly just rolling hills i found this one spot that just had a like it was almost like like wetlands with like lakes and stuff mm -hmm. and what was kind of cool is i was able to place an outpost on the the land part and then i uh with the habs you can actually build them up like towers Mm. and mm -hmm. it would not let me put a tower in the water, but I was able to sort of be on land and push out to water until, you know, it said no, and then just bring it back a little bit. So basically by doing that, I sort of did have like this hab tower that's over the water. And so it's kind of a really interesting outpost that I had started. It'd be cool if there were a few more points of interest that were up on huge mountains. Yeah. Like I know it would be a pain. Like that's probably why there aren't huge mountains is because it's like your jetpack, you would just be jetpacking up like ledges and looking for places to to, you know, be able to refresh your jetpack, especially if you didn't have one yeah. that could get you up that high. But Yeah, especially if you have a skip pack, it 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 can mm -hmm. be really frustrating to get up those. I've I've done it <laughs> a bunch of right. times. But yeah, I agree because I, I do want to 
I, that's one of the outposts I would love to do is is sort of like a tall mountain outpost. So I heard that you quit your melee build. What happened, buddy? Yeah, I did. So just not for you, huh? <laughs> I was very determined to really build it up, and I was doing pretty well. And how far did you get? Like level? Honestly, thirty-five-ish, right? Probably about thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. So I had gotten that far, and I had definitely been putting points in everything like martial arts and, you know, of like melee, of course. And then uh, you sort of have to put points into lowering the damage that you take as well as uh, at the bottom of like the athletic area, there is the uh, regeneration. So you can regenerate mm -hmm. your health outside of combat. So that's already a good one to get anyway, so that you're not wasting too many med packs. Right. But um, it's, it's vital when you're doing melee. So mm -hmm. you could almost say that I didn't give it a fair shake only because I did not unlock the fourth and final level of martial arts. Mm -hmm. Is that the 50% increase in unarmed? I know that eventually, had I gotten there, I would have been able to deflect mm. damage with by blocking with my sword. I had heard from you know, people in our Discord that you could actually, someone could be shooting at you with a gun and you could be deflecting, it's almost like deflecting bullets. Now, I, I don't think there's like an animation for it or anything, but mm -hmm. basically you would be reflecting that damage back. Yeah, it's reflect 50% 50, 50 damage back when blocking a melee or unarmed attack. I mean, that sounds really awesome. Mm -hmm. And, but the, the issue was that in order to unlock that tier of martial arts, it was... Uh, disarm 30 enemies oh. using melee or unarmed attacks. So you're right. It was disarm 30 enemies using melee or unarmed attacks. The issue is that disarming enemies, it's, it does not happen very often. There's mm -hmm. only a 15% chance to disarm an opponent and only when you're doing a power attack. Oh, really? Not not only does it have to be a power attack, but even then, number one, there's only 15% chance, but that is actually even lower because power attacks will often just kill the enemy. Mm -hmm. So you have to like not kill them and then you have to get very lucky. You gotta, you gotta start with an en enemy that's at least your level or higher and then hit them with that power attack first. So it doesn't yeah. kill them. Hope that it you have that hit that fifty percent chance. I mean, but thirty isn't a huge ask for that. Like you could it's do that not, thirty times in one gameplay, maybe like after a couple no, hours. No, it's no, it no, no. I'm you telling tried? you, hmm. it sounds like not that much, but we are talking. I would be playing. Let's say I sat down and played for three hours. I might disarm two people. What it, really? You know, maybe that's low, but it was I, rare, huh? I, I'm telling you, I was spending days playing this hmm. and also disarming. It's only enemies that are human. So, of course, you're not going to be able to run around and kill animals and 
you know, fauna and, and get this because mm -hmm. they, they're not carrying guns. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Although <laughs> I am imagining a Terramorph holding like six Uzis. There you go. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it just stopped being fun. Sure. I don't know because I think it's cool. I, I have actually read some people really enjoying on the melee builds mm -hmm. and I think that's great. I think I just missed, I just missed using guns. I don't know that you can start a new character and start with melee. I think you got to right. get to a certain level where you unlock some necessary stuff and then yeah. mid game or even late game pre NG go for it at that point. Yeah. You know, because yeah. then you've already gone through all the guns. Um, you figured out your favorite one, you've leveled up. And now you're looking for a new way to dispatch enemies that's a little more close and personal. Yeah. It's essential with the powers. So like gravity dash, gravity wave, and also the slide. Those are big yes. melee things that you kind of need to be able to play the build effectively. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think when I'm ready to start trying melee again, it will be with my uh, currently level 102 character mm. and just start you know, building towards that melee build with that. Cause you're right. I've already got a bunch of powers. I've already got certain abilities that would help me out with that. Mm -hmm. Are you going to eventually get all 300 skill points and go to level 302 or whatever it is? I mean, I'm not ruling it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of those things that I'm grinding towards. Yeah. But depend this is actually that's a great question and it's going to depend on how they release their dlc i was what just it gonna say to the game the dlc yeah i wonder if there's a new tree like an entirely new or if there's going to be new skills within each of the like a four new skill set mm -hmm. oh yeah like a new skill set or just yeah new uh or or this would blow my mind. What if every skill gets a fifth tier? Mm, that would be cool. And like, it's pretty wacky. The bonus at the end of a fifth mm -hmm. is like really different. Like something that changes right. up gameplay. That'd be really cool. I don't see them doing that. I see them adding either an entire, yeah. well, maybe not a new branch, but like another level down right. at the bottom of each yeah. you know tier or each tree. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It's going to depend on that because if they come out and there's the DLC just sort of continues to build on the game, then I probably will just keep carrying this character through. Mm -hmm. Uh because I I I I don't think I'll have a reason not to, especially with New Game Plus. Like if if the DLC comes out and it's like, oh, this is really good for starting a brand new game, mm -hmm. then okay, cool. I'll do New Game Plus and I'll, I'll play it as though it's brand new. Right. But yeah, I, th I think I will eventually. Like, you know, they talk about this being, you know, having a five-year plan for mm -hmm. adding stuff. I've already really just seeing how this is a game that I can just keep coming back to. Well, you work for Bethesda, though, 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, according <laughs> according to some comments on on YouTube, we definitely worked for Bethesda, which is weird. I got to talk to HR because I haven't been getting my payroll checks. Right. Have you have you been missing out on those as well? I ain't got jack squat. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not even a free video game. Oh man, if I could, if we could just at least get something for free. Oh, someone in our Discord got like a free like a what was it like a graphics card or something yeah let's look up who that was i wanted to mention that all right so yes uh we found it in our discord one of our uh community members named tars uh actually shared a custom compute like homemade starfield case for their pc yeah and the bethesda community manager got in touch with them and actually sent them a whole new Starfield branded AMD Radeon 790 RX. Just Dude, incredible. We have an entire podcast and I've never heard <laughs> from the community manager. What the heck? He, he oh, wraps man. a PC and he gets a card? Dude, <laughs> I'm so jealous. But seriously, congrats. Uh, you deserve it. You deserve it. Absolutely. The, the PC is awesome. Yeah. No matter how much jealousy I have. Mm -hmm. um, no, you you earned that. And right. it, it's just so cool to see someone from our Discord, you know, com like being in this sort of communication with the community manager and, and being rewarded for it. Like, it's so rad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a new thing is this whole idea of a community manager. But I, I find it fascinating yeah. that these jobs exist. Right. And it's a great way for the company to kind of get a beat on what's happening on Reddit or, you know, within the social media world to, uh, to you know, kind of see what the people are saying and then to, to be goodwill, like a goodwill ambassador for the game. For better and for worse, gamers are very passionate. They're a very passionate group of people mm -hmm. because they, they spend so much time. Like, don't get me wrong, like oftentimes we can criticize gamers for being entitled and, you know, sort of angry about stuff. But in a way, first off, don't do that. But I understand <laughs> because like gamers spend so much of their time in these worlds and it ends up becoming very important to them. And one of the things that I always see people, gamers complain about is, is uh, why, why are the developers being so silent? They're silent. I want to know what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, well, dude, they're working on the game. You know, to bring it back full circle to Office Space, remember when he's like, why do you have the job you have? And he's like, well, programmers are not people persons. Yeah, they're not people persons. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. not people I, persons. I tell yeah. the programmer, I tell the marketing people what the programmers really mean. Yeah. So that's kind of the same deal as like the community manager is dealing with the public when yeah. the coders are in their basements working on the game. Yeah, they. that's the thing is like, it's such an important job. I always want to be jaded and just be like, oh, shut up and just let them work. But I get it. We're so passionate about what we love. And the community manager, God bless them, because they have to be this public-facing part of that team. Mm -hmm. Talk to the community. The stuff they've seen. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those war-torn eyes of, of the community managers. Yeah. You know, good for them. And this is not a job that existed several years ago, mm -hmm. but now it just feels so important.
So good for them. I like, totally would have applied for the Excite Bike community manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Super Mario Brothers too. Yeah. It, it and it's funny too because like games didn't they didn't get updates back then. So it's like, what would you do? What would you do as a community manager? I guess you would just share tips, maybe. <laughs> right. You would just you would just be like, okay, uh, right, right, right. Okay, yes, take out. Take the cartridge out, blow on it, <laughs> and then put it back in. See if that works. We got to do a skit that's based on this premise, <laughs> like Community Manager yeah. in 1990. <laughs> yeah, 1988. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Everything is long form letters delivered uh -huh. to your to the office. Okay, are you by your NES? Okay, hit the power button, open the cartridge door, take the cartridge out, and blow on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they did prove that that really didn't do anything, right? Although it seemed to do something. I don't know. They actually... From first-hand experience, uh, seemed to work. Yeah. I don't know why. Apparently, number one, it was really bad for the game because when you blow on stuff like your, your breath has moisture, mm -hmm. and so it actually did more damage than good. <laughs> it was rusting all the pins out. <laughs> why, why did this spread? Pre-internet days... This spread as the way that everyone fixed their Nintendo cartridges. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I, to me, I, I would actually love a documentary. If somebody made a documentary about how gaming information spread through communities mm -hmm. without the internet, that would be fascinating. It to was me. Mrs. Krabappel's third grade class, you know, just. Kids whispering back and forth, like, how'd you get Zelda to work again? Yeah. You blow on it. Yeah, just take it. Yeah, take it. Yeah, actually, and what you're supposed to do is, uh, if you want to, <laughs> this is very important for, <laughs> for anyone all our out Nintendo there that still listeners. has, the, you know, for your Nintendo cartridges, you're supposed to put a little bit of rubbing alcohol on a Q-tip and just gently clean the uh, dust off of the the little the terminals yeah yeah you know inside of the now we cartridge. know what q-tips are for so yes <laughs> yes <laughs> that's oh it can full circle mm -hmm. first full circle moment <laughs> clean your nintendo cartridge oh man it's not gonna I, we've got to wrap up the episode because i don't think it's gonna get any better than that yeah Somewhere, uh, Zennial is like, what are they talking about? What? <laughs> <laughs> they turned it off long ago. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I have to, before we go, we've got to give a shout out to our Discord uh, server because this is the lifeblood of not only this community for Starfield, but also this podcast. If you are not in the Discord, click the link in the description because there is some amazing discussion going on. There's memes, mm -hmm. there are build challenges, and of course, we have the Starfield Adventure Club where we all go to the same planet every week mm -hmm. and we share stories. I have to give a huge shout out. Oh, okay. You've you've heard me. Uh, you guys listening to the podcast have heard us talk about Oliver. He's a big member of our community who, yeah, has now started taking screenshots from the game and turning them into a comic book. And I know it it's so is cool. So well done. Mm -hmm. 
you've got to click on the Discord link and go check out what Oliver is doing with creating a comic book out of the game. It is, mm -hmm. it is really fascinating. Yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. I also want to do a shout out to all of our friends that are keeping, uh, keeping the show going by being members of our Patreon. We've actually got a brand new member of the Patreon, which is Brandon Warnock. Thank you, Brandon, so much. And in addition to that, we've got our great friend, Chance Shenanigan, upgrading their membership from a supporter to a booster. So huge thanks to you guys. Awesome. Yep. And special thanks to our companions on Patreon. That's Space Cadet, Rampage, American and X, Cherry Bomb RN, Cherry Bomb right now, Griffin, Ben Price, and Zegra Rocks. Uh, you know, that's interesting. That's how I say Rampage American X as well. Like, I feel like you have to give it that, that gruff. Please welcome to the stage Rampage American X. It makes me want to go to a monster truck rally, mm -hmm. I think. Sunday, I think Sunday, that's... Sunday. <laughs> I think that's what I want to do anytime I see that name. See the Nobel Peace Prize on fire. That's right. So huge thanks to our companions. Um, Y'all are the best, uh, most amazing people in the world. Yes. And thanks to everyone that listens on Spotify, Apple, and thank you to those watching on YouTube. All links are provided in the show notes below. Extra special thanks for comments and feedback. If you have a comment, suggestion, or an in-game story to share, you can leave a comment on our YouTube page and also in our Discord. Yeah. And if you like the show, consider dropping a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. That would help us out a ton. Thanks for traveling to Starfield with us. Make sure you subscribe because we will be back for more next week. We'll see you then.